0: Hello and welcome to the Mustangs Report, the official podcast of the Western Mustangs. I'm Ryan Robinson, your host and Mustang Sports Information Coordinator. On this episode, we're excited to be back and starting things off. We'll check in with our director of our sports and recreation department, Christine Stapleton, to find out all that is going on here in the 2022-23 season, including a couple of very special events. We'll also check in with our football team and head coach, Greg Marshall, to see how he's feeling about the season so far. And we'll also check in with our field hockey coach, Jeff Pacheco, to find out all about his team and as well as how he's feeling about this season and obviously how things went last year as he had a couple of big awards let's get right to it joined now by our director of what we're calling the director's report i know we spent a lot of creative time christine on uh, calling a title to your statement so uh, christine stapleton our director of sports and recreation Uh, christine i know you're busy so thank you for doing this
1: well, thanks, Ryan. Uh, it's always great to kind of check in with you and to uh, check in with our, our many friends and stakeholders who follow all the great work that we do.
0: Uh, so first things first, let's get right into it. This uh, last couple years has been a bit of an adventure let's just call it that uh we're getting back to somewhat looking like new normal i guess is what it's being called uh um, uh, you know seasons have started on time uh teams are competing uh, you know ac- across the province there's no divisional splits in like football and that kind of thing um you know how, how much do, do people realize just how much work went into making that season back to new normal looks like it, and how much how difficult has it been
1: well, uh, thanks Ryan. It has been a, s- a super challenging time and I, uh, I really want to acknowledge the great work of our, of our staff and our coaches in, in supporting our students, supporting our students through some, you know, some uncertainty. Uh, the campus recreation building opened and closed nine times in, in a year and a half. So it's really remarkable the work that that team has done to uh, get the spaces along with our facilities uh, staff to get the spaces up and running and safely running. Uh, we are certainly back and uh, we're so grateful our student athletes uh, took care of their business. They, um, they trained uh, in some somewhat not easy, easy situation, uh, stayed in school. You know, it's really, really important that through the, you know, along with some of the uh, upset to sport and recreation, um, a lot of these students were taking courses online. A lot of these high school students that are now joined the Mustangs family, have done so in not as a clear pathway. So we're very grateful for our student athletes, um, for their great work in the classroom to stay, uh, to stay eligible and and to stay on track. Um, The students have come out. Our students here at Western are absolutely supporting all the work that we're doing. We have uh, in September alone, uh, close to 85,000 tap-ins in the rec center. That's remarkable. It's uh, kudos to our, st- our students to coming out and staying healthy. Uh, our student staff that are running all the recreation spaces and programming. And as I said before, our, our uh, staff for um, keeping uh, keeping everything running. Uh, and I finally, I want to talk about the number of students that are coming out to uh, uh, support our sport teams. Uh, whether it be football, um, rugby, uh lacrosse, soccer, you know, at all of the sports uh, that are up and running and doing so well this fall uh, are being uh, greatly supported by our students and also Mustangs for Mustangs. A lot of our Mustang student athletes are coming out and supporting other teams. So um, it has been uh, a wonderful start to the season. We're so happy to be back and to have all of our spaces and our programming back up and running.
0: Uh, on that front, you, you mentioned it. Uh, we've seen a couple of big, obviously football games uh, happen. We had one that kind of started before the, the students were here, and we had, you know, we had some pretty good support. And then we get into uh, the 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 home opener, the our nighttime game on Saturday uh, against Queens back at the end of O week. We had the homecoming game. Um, how big and how great was that to see? both sides stands completely full. And I know for me sitting in the press box looking out, it was just a, a nice little whitewash of purple and white all over the place. I know you, both you and I were kind of commenting on that a few days ago saying, you know, this is great and this is exactly what we want to keep seeing.
1: Well, we're the only school in the country that's had two sellouts, uh, you know, two sellouts, over 10,000 people at our, at our last two football games. I think it's important to note that there's student experiences in all parts of a football game. Obviously, if people talk about the student athletes, uh, and certainly uh, they're a remarkable group of, of students. But we have our student staff that are supporting uh, folks like yourself and other uh, members of our staff to make sure that everyone who comes in and out of our, of our event space is safe. And that's just a tremendous experience for our student staff. Then we have all of our students that um, continue to come out and support. These are the the memories they're creating, the friends that they're finding, that sense of belonging somewhere on campus where they can be purple and proud. Uh, So there is all sorts of elements in the work that we do that is far deeper and far broader than just the student athlete experience. And that's what I'm, I'm so proud of. Brian, is that uh, we've been uh, we've been able to really kick off the year with uh, with that type of fun, spirited signature events. It's it's been really great. And I'm so grateful for the students to creating that type of atmosphere uh, for each other. It's it's been really wonderful.
0: I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job correctly if I didn't uh, remind people that all Western students get into all on-campus regular season games for free and all the news for Western one card. Uh, and we've seen that this year with, uh, as you mentioned, even our, our ticketing staff and Colin and his group uh, are, you know, made it so it's, it's a simple tap or a swipe into the game. Uh, there's you no know, advance to ticketing that needs to be required. Um, and that's going to continue into basketball, volleyball, hockey, uh, and so on to into the winter months as well. So uh, it's just it's exciting to see that uh, that wanting to come together. And now everybody can come together.
1: Yeah, it's been really great. And, and we've talked about football, but uh, I've been to field hockey, lacrosse, soccer, Uh, rugby those events are our women's softball team is taking another run at a national championship so you know it's it's all of those uh all of those teams uh, that have been out of the gates and hundreds hundreds of students are coming out to watch and support
0: uh speaking of going to games we need good facilities to make those happen we have seen all kinds of facility upgrades around here in the last couple of years, Uh, even through a pandemic. I know Steve Barry and his facilities team have been ongoing with all those. Uh, Let's kind of take a a quick look back, and uh, I'm sure there's probably some things to come, but we may be able to talk about later on down the line. But um, Alumni Hall has seen a couple of upgrades. Obviously, Western Alumni Stadium has seen a bunch as well, even into the backfields for Mustangs and Alumni Field. Uh, how, How important have those upgrades been?
1: Well, yeah, the, the most obvious is, is the stadium upgrades. And, and that's why I'm so excited that the students have been out because they, uh, they get to see uh, all the wonderful uh, investment Western has made into their signature space. And we're very grateful that Western has, uh, um, you, know, you know, invested in those spaces that the community can come together, not only Western community, it's a great way to open the doors to London and, and the surrounding area to come and, and enjoy that, uh, that great space, the track, the field, the lights. I think we really enjoyed, uh, the light show after the O week game, uh, brand new lights that are highly energy efficient, uh, which is super exciting. Um, we've done some, uh, some, again, some really, um, energy efficient upgrades in the, in the rink too, making that space, uh, more sustainable, more environmentally friendly. Uh, so this is the investments that we're making in the spaces so that, um, they're, uh, not only uh, more exciting to come and, and visit, they're uh, long-term, more energy uh, efficient and, um, and supporting Western sustainability goals.
0: And we've got some more stuff to come, right?
1: Yeah, just... we've got another few, yeah, we, Ryan, we are working on uh, a, a couple more uh, things in our facilities, again, uh, to make it just be- better, brighter, safer, and more energy efficient
0: this is my news background coming in i had to i had to ask so yeah. um the one obviously the upgrades are going to play a showcase role at the stadium uh as we uh, approach a month and change from now the uh its way making it for the first time it was uh, a project an initiative that you are very much pushing for and very much a champion for uh and uh, if I, kn- I know you well at this point uh, if you want something, you're going to push full bore for it, and uh, we are hosting Vanier Cup. How exciting are you? How excited are you as we get closer and closer to that actually happening?
1: Well, I think any time uh, you can bring a, a national event uh, with four hours of, of national TV coverage to our great campus, uh, our great community of London, it's it's a win. Uh, we're very grateful to our partners at Tourism London for partnering with us on this national championship. Uh, we are really excited to bring the Vanier Cup game to London for the first time ever. Uh, it, has been, uh, it hasn't been has been played in a collegiate stadium uh, uh, in Ontario in years. So uh, this is a great chance for us to bring London to campus. Uh, we're excited about all of the partnerships we're creating. Uh, with 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 on campus and off campus, we're hoping that our uh, our team continues to, uh, you know, take it a game at a time and give them put themselves in a position uh, to be at this game on the field. That is, uh, I'm sure, a goal of the team. That said, there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, the team is very good, and uh, I know that they are taking it one game at a time. Uh, but the the community, the local organizing committee. Uh, We're rallying around it, and uh, we're off to a great start with ticket sales, sponsorship. It's going to be a really, really great event.
0: I'd say we got to Honorary Chair in in Marie Faulkner, who... Uh, Murray just uh, will keep going and uh, making his way through no matter what. And he's doing an awesome job. I know I got a chance to chat with Dave DeFcalver at our last home game, who's leading up the, the that side of things. And, uh, and Dave and, and company are doing an awesome job. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see a Vanier Cup with, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of purple one way or the other. Cause yeah. we, I got Greg a little bit later on and I, I kind of left Vanier Cup alone. Cause I feel like uh, a lot of people keep asking the question of him, you know, what's it going to mean and how much pressure? And he's just like, Uh, as you said, in true Greg fashion, one week at a time, we're going to worry about next week and then we'll worry about the week after. And and that's really the way they've been operating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting game. Uh, You know, we're bringing it to campus uh, opportunity for our students, our student staff, all of our leaders on campus. These are the type of um, spirited activities that will create that sense of community. um, We create that memory um, for the entire campus for years to come. So we're we're really excited to bring it to uh, bring it to Western.
0: Uh, before I let you go, a couple of quick things. We got a couple OUA championships we're hosting this year: cross country in late October, uh, swimming in February. Uh, exciting to have those two championships on campus, uh, especially for uh, I know for cross country and Gee and uh, Gee Schultz and his team. Uh, they kind of run that thing like a well-oiled machine at this point. But uh, uh, great to have a couple OUA championships on campus.
1: Yeah, uh, you're right. With uh, cross country, uh, we we do it really well. And I think that it is about creating really positive experiences. It's a chance for our community to come and watch these tremendous athletes uh, compete. And uh, it will be a really, really well run event. Uh, Swimming is exciting because it's a partnership between sport and rec. It's, uh, it's hosted in the 50 meter pool in the WSRC. Uh, so it is it's an opportunity for our recreation leaders and lifeguards to lift up their facility and showcase it to all of the OUA. Uh, we hosted it a couple of years ago. It's super exciting. Uh, it's one of my favorite events of the calendar. It's, it's going to be a really, really great Ontario Championships.
0: And it is jam packed for a couple of days. That's for sure. The amount of oh, yeah. yeah, race, race and podium, race and podium. Things are happening all the time.
1: Yeah, it's full on. So we're very grateful to our colleagues in uh, in campus recreation. We couldn't do this without them. So uh, you know, to be able to have a, again a, an experience like that for our swimming student athletes, but campus again, it's a it's a really great opportunity to come and watch. Uh, OUA swimming is uh, an important part of um olympic and like olympic athletes journey there's a lot of a uh, pan am commonwealth olympic athletes that will be in our pool in february it's just part of the pathway canadian swimmers stay and train in canada so it's a it's a tremendous few days of swimming
0: and before i let you go and i know this isn't something i put on the list of questions i was going to ask you you were recently inducted into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, obviously, as the, the coach of the 010, uh, 2001 uh, Regina Cougars team, uh, how, how exciting was that? Because I know it's a chance you got to see yeah. some people maybe you hadn't seen in a while and obviously uh, ha- have a celebratory element uh, in what is usually a very and is a very busy time of year for you.
1: Yeah, you know, I was a, I was humbled and grateful to be able to, uh, to go back to Saskatchewan and celebrate that championship team from 2001. Um, I think it's a reason why I still do what I do, because I know the impact that a sports experience can have on uh, a student athlete's life. And I think uh, the other piece that I recognize, so all of the student athletes came back to Saskatchewan, they traveled from all across North America, myself included, to be in Regina for the weekend. The other piece of it is, is it's the families, uh, it's the legacy that that team has created. They've They've inspired a next generation of athletes in Saskatchewan in Regina across the province um, to achieve and uh, they, they, they were inspiring they continue to coach uh, their they're great citizens. So I think these are all parts of the work that we do in sport and Rec that keeps us here in sport and Rec and, and to go back and and to see all those women again and their families and then they all have their own families. It was it was a really special weekend.
0: Well, on behalf of all of us here in the, the Purple family, a big tip of the cap to you for for that recognition. Most of the time you don't want the attention put on you, uh, but for that one time we said, uh, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we do it even if we're going to get in a little bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, Ryan, you know me well. I am uh, I like to, I'm a servant leader and I, uh, I feel my best work is when others around me uh, achieve the, the goals that they have set out. So no, it was nice to kind of pause and reflect for a weekend.
0: Uh, I know you're busy, so I will let you go, but thank you for this, and uh, I will try and find space in your calendar so we can get a winter update as well maybe uh, somewhere early in the new year.
1: Awesome, thanks, uh, thanks, Ryan, and thanks for all that you do.
0: Uh, he's a busy man, so we appreciate his time. Uh, Head coach Greg Marshall from our Mustangs football team. Uh, Greg, uh, first and foremost, thanks for doing this. Uh, we're, you know, we figured we had to kick off the podcast for another season. We had to have you on to have uh, a few few words. But the first and foremost, I want to say is, I don't know if has anybody officially congratulated you on now having the most wins. Uh, you just surpassed. Uh, Coach Haler in the the Queen's win to with your 170th win uh, in the OUA, so you you surpassed Coach Haler. I know obviously you guys and the connection that you guys had. Uh, how how special is it to know? Uh, I knew I know you know that number was coming around in the, within the start of the season, but uh, the Queen's win was the surpassing win. So uh, how how special is that?
2: Yeah, I haven't thought a lot about it, uh, but uh, certainly to be. Uh, uh, considered with someone, uh, a friend, a mentor, my coach, uh, Coach Hayler, um, it is pretty special. Um, You know, it also means that I've coached for a long time
0: uh i know we were just joking before we started uh we're recording this uh, homecoming weekend it's a busy time uh how much uh, have you been having because uh, i know even going back to a couple years ago when you win coach of the year uh you're on stage accepting speech you you're you're talking about the back nine or the of the of the career sort of thing but uh How much fun are you having, especially after what the last couple of years has been? I know difficulty-wise, and getting the team together, having the canceled season last year was a few hurdles. Um, You still haven't lost. Yeah, you know, we had
2: had the canceled season, and we had uh, you know a shortened season last year. We only played six regular season games, Um, and I kind of thought, you know, uh, if if I only had to coach six regular season games every two years, I could do this for another ten years. um you know what I, I i i love what i do uh we got great players um that are fun to be around fun to you know to, to coach um we got a, a great staff here in, in assistant coaches who who are able to kind of pick up and do a lot of the work that maybe i did you know 10 years ago so no i i i enjoy it i mean at this point i mean i take it a year at a time but uh, i haven't even been thinking about uh, retiring
0: uh, each year I know presents its own challenges. The start of this year, there was people talking about, uh, you know, the offense is looking good, the offensive line, and a lot of, you know, consistent returnees there. There was all the talk about the defensive element, uh, whether the defensive side of the ball was going to be able to play that well, uh, especially a young defensive line. Um, I, I would needless to say that, uh, those doubters may have been quieted a little bit with the way yeah, your defense you know, has shown You know, this year. me
2: included, you know, Ryan, I mean, I think we all thought that, that, you know, we were, um, young on the defensive line we lost a lot of you know you know four or five key players uh, and uh, a lot of young players have stepped up and played very very well and and you know credit to guys like you know bruce moss and and soren hulschmidt who were like backups and had, had been in the program for three or four years uh didn't get a ton of playing time but you know the the effort they're great character kids and they, they play with a ton of heart and a ton of effort and they made up for, you know, lack of experience and getting better every single week. So yeah, pleasantly surprised with how well our defensive line is playing.
0: Uh, a lot of times people make a reference, you know, Steve Snyder formerly worked with you, Chris Toya. I know you obviously you look down Windsor way. This is Sully's. Uh, or, you, I know in a recent interview, somebody asked you, is it easier or harder to, play, to coach against these guys because they know you sort of thing? Uh, is it one way or the other or is it just no, a scenario you know, where I you, you compliment mean, sort of thing? Yeah, I mean,
2: I'm <laughs> proud of what, you, what the, those guys have accomplished. You know, they're, they're not just, you know, uh, former coaches or, you know, uh, opponent coaches their friends and i think that that's kind of the neat thing about football at the end of the day it's a game and you know i think it, it, you know having been in in the game a long time you begin to realize that that you know you're you're trying to win football games but at the end of the day it's a game and it's really about people and the the, the kids that you get to coach and the coaches that you coach with and the opponents that you get to coach against and um, I think that that's, uh, you know, I, I appreciated all, all the efforts that they did when they coached here. But certainly, you know, the friendships that, you know, developed with those guys.
0: Uh, let's talk about those returning guys that you've had this year that, uh, you know, obviously I know you've been overly complimentary and deservingly so of your quarterback. And the fact that, you know, there's already some people with a few rumblings saying, you know, heck Crichton potentials down the line i know i'm not uh, you know making any uh, predictions but at the same point uh evan hillock's been, been fantastic again this year and showing more you know more maturity more development oh and by the way he definitely throws the ball like a, like a pitcher because he's got that baseball background how impressed are you with, the, yeah, with no, this yeah i
2: think what you know i mean he he's he's got a great arm but I think that thing is the accuracy was of, of and how fast he gets rid of the ball. But but this year his decision making and you know where to go with the football. I mean you can throw the ball hard, you know, and accurate in the wrong direction when someone's covered. But you know he knowing where to go with the football. Um, being decisive when he makes, you know, his mind up that that's where he's going. And, and uh, uh, he, he's just grown and he continues to get better every single week in practice. He's got a great attitude. He, he's he's a student of the game. He, he watches, he, you know, wants advice, he takes coaching. I mean, he, he's really grown as a football player and now, uh, you know, a, a really good leader on our team.
0: Is it interesting to have, especially, or is it tough for him being? I mean, I know it's only second year of eligibility, but he's in his third year in university level now. That he goes from being what some people would see a rookie perspective to all of a sudden being that that leader in a maybe yeah, a I younger think, you
2: guy. Know, you know, Evan Evan doesn't need, Evan leads kind of by what he does in in his actions and how he you know goes about you know um, preparing himself for, uh, each week. Um, he doesn't need to get up in the locker room and make a speech and tell players, you know, that some of the older guys can do that, but just just the, the, the maturity that he's shown and how he prepares himself um, and the leadership on the field is definitely um, yeah, yeah, contagious. You know I mean? The other players see it and you realize that, you know, he's confident that he's, he's our leader on our team and quarterbacks usually are. So uh, we're very, very fortunate that, you uh, um, He's been playing at that kind of that level, and you know, you know Jackson White, who is you know his role now is our, our backup. Um, he's another one that uh, everyone listens to. He's uh, he's supportive of Evan. Really good relationship there.
0: And if you need anything moved, Jackson's company, you know, can he's take care of everything. Big lead movers. <laughs> <laughs> I what think I'd say it, contractually obligated to make sure to give him some <laughs> love there, right? Sort of thing. Um, obviously, the run game, this has been a, a static point, you know, a constant in your kind of strategy over the years. Um, where does this Winati Keanu Edwards combination sit as yeah. far as the hierarchy of the guys there. you've had?
2: It's, you know, we always seem to find that the group. And I think that, you know, the, the you know, before, uh, you know, we had, you know, Cedric and Alex Taylor and then, you know, Trey Humes was there. And, you know, it, it they're, they're both complement each other very, very well. Um, they're both very unselfish. And that's 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 key it's it's you know i mean i look back to the cedric alex uh, taylor years and you know not one time did either of them ever complain about you know the number of touches they were getting i mean they could have each been a heck creighton winner or mvp if they had gotten you know you know more carries but they split time and they were both outstanding in their own right and i think part of the strategy it, it isn't about winning the Heck Crichton it isn't about being all Canadian it's about the team winning and you know buying into that and uh, you know certainly uh, Keon and Edward are are very good um, supportive of each other and uh, that's important. That's that's key. And we got some good other young backs. You know, Keanu Yazback's going to get a chance this week. Uh, Troy Thompson, when he's been in there, has run the ball very, very well. So someone else is going to kind of step up and be that third guy. You know, that's going to you know take some of the load off of uh, of uh, Edward and uh, um, Keon.
0: And and at the same point, you know, good news because you know two more, two more, two more, two more. You got to everything. Everything's situated kind of down the line, sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know we. It, Did And we got some good young running backs coming out uh, this year, a kid out of uh, St. Thomas. Ethan Dolby's looked really, really good in in practice. Freshman, but I mean, freshman, but we would not hesitate to put him or, you know, or Scotty Nichols or, you know, some of the young guys, Marcel Phillips, any of our young backs into the game because they're all ready.
0: Has there anybody on that rookie to true kind of? I know there wasn't a whole lot of full freshman opportunities this year, but has there been a couple of young guys either side of the ball that have been impressing you so far that have kind of stepped early on?
2: Several several offensive linemen um, Mm -hmm. that are, are, you know, doing a really good job and getting better and showing a lot of progress. Um, You know, Zach Dahlberg on the defensive line hasn't dressed yet, but, you know, has looked very good. in, in practice, you know, a couple linebackers, Kai Bryden, kid, young linebacker out of uh, BC, who's again hasn't dressed yet, but has you know done a lot of good things in, in practice. So yeah, there's some some really good you know young potential you know coming up. So we, we're we're pretty deep, and we got a pretty veteran team. It's not easy for a freshman to come in and, and get that opportunity, um, but um, you know their time will come.
0: Uh, I would be remiss before we let you go if we don't talk about the fact that uh, since we talked the last time, there's been obviously a bunch of upgrades at the stadium. Uh, obviously, the turf and the track went in last year. Uh, I know there's been a lot of big upgrades in the locker room. I know being homecoming weekend, I'm sure there's been and will be a lot of people wanting to check out uh, the, the new setup in the room. Uh, how, how important have these upgrades been to the program? Even even the new lights, for example, illuminating the field, making it yeah, a little brighter the kind light, of thing.
2: The, the lighting. And we haven't got there yet other than the night, the night game 2 weeks ago we haven't got there where where practice you know or I'd be in the middle of practice you know on a late october night and going oh my goodness our lights are bad like you know can i you know go in and get in you know more lights on and so yeah having having good lighting for our practices as we move later into the season will be important but the stadium looks great our locker room is is awesome and and really that's that's that locker room was was um a combination of a lot of things but it came from you know donor support and the people stepping up and 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 you know donating funds for us to be able to improve our locker room and make it something that we can be proud of and uh, our players certainly appreciate it i appreciate it and uh you know it's it's that's what homecoming is about. It's about getting those people back and, and the, the, the tradition, as I said to our players last night, Ryan, uh, after practice, no one in Canada has the tradition uh, of, of uh, athletics and football like Western does. And that's about, you know, people caring about it, people coming back to be a part of it. And so that when you, when you graduate and then I hope our, our players understand that, that, you know, they're going to play here for four or five years, but tomorrow they're going to watch see at the homecoming see, you know, the alumni come back that care about, that still want to be a part of it and still want to, you know, engage it in, in, you know, our football program. And uh, we we certainly uh, appreciate all the support that we receive. And uh, it's going to be exciting. Homecoming is is a special time, especially at Western.
0: Appreciate this time, Coach, and uh, I'm sure we'll bug you later on. Joined now by Jeff Pacheco, the head coach of our uh, Mustangs field hockey team. Uh, Jeff, nice to see you as always. I know, I know I got to actually see you last weekend. I feel like it's it's actually nice. We've actually got to see, see each other and have, say hi. And, uh, you know, I've, I even got a chance to finally get out to the field and see a game this year, so not too bad.
3: Yeah, no, it's great to have some home games and uh, you see some faces from around campus to come out and support us for
0: sure. Uh, So take me through and this is, uh, you know, I'll kind of go in reverse order sort of thing what I was thinking initially, but um, the game of field hockey is such a a global game sort of thing. It's popular across the world and, and especially some some. Are the bigger continents in the world sort of thing. So um, what are those things that maybe people don't understand about field hockey sort of thing that I'm sure over your time seeing the game, playing the game, participating, there's been people saying, you know, come up to you, Jeff, I didn't know this about field hockey or I didn't know that about field hockey. Is it until they get out to the field, see a game, and they kind of go, oh, okay, and they, the light bulb kind of goes on a little bit?
3: Uh, A little bit. It's like a dimmer switch in in, in that reference. But uh, I think the biggest misnomer is that it's only a female played sport. Uh, The men do play uh, internationally, Um, even here in Canada. You know, our men's teams ranked in the top 15 in the world. I think they're 12th right now, uh, largely based in B.C. Uh, So the male aspect is huge. Um, The other pieces is that how quickly that dimmer switch goes up when they relate it to soccer or lacrosse. Uh, they see the sort of system styles and, you know, being on a field turf, the ball, the stick element. So people can wrap their head around it uh, pretty quickly. And uh, from there, they usually, you know, like what they see because of the sprinting element of the game. It's a bit different than kind of just jogging A to B and kind of being in shape. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a very sprint-oriented game.
0: Yeah, and it was one of those things, you know, for me initially, the first time I saw it, I kind of... Uh... Uh, the, the cones along the outside with the ball that's right there, even if it goes out there, uh, I kind of laughed a couple of times when I've been out there since I've been here at Western seeing games. And, you know, even if the ball just kind of you know dribbles across the line, they, you know, the, the, the players are just, they're, they're not even looking at the ball that's gone out. They're just looking for their nearest cone with a ball to keep going sort of thing. So uh, how much is that kind of pace of play and kind of keeping it going consistently uh, from a, a spectator aspect is, you know, there's no, no down points to it. It's just go, go, go the whole time. Yeah, there's opportunity
3: and counterattacks and getting that ball back on that line and uh, some differences for field hockey versus some other sports. There's a, a sort of what we call an auto start or an automatic start. You don't need to pass that ball in. Um, on top of that, um, you know, opportunity is created from, from quick instinct and there's a five-meter rule if the player is inside there, she can't play you. Um, so there's a bit of grace there. So the game is designed um, for that pace. Uh, Some other aspects that help that are no offsides, of course, and uh, rolling subs. Uh, We can roll subs as much as we want throughout the whole game. Um, So we want that pace, you know, quick downtime, two, three minutes, and then back in there for, you know, five to seven minutes.
0: Your team's been consistently competitive over the years. And I know that's the, the the part of coaching. You're recruiting new players, trying to keep things going in the you know the right direction. Um, talk about your kind of group from a, a returning aspect this year, because obviously you know the various programs have had some some tough difficulties in the last couple of years with the pandemic and trying to get new players in and all that kind of thing. Talk about your returning group this year and kind of uh, those marquee people that uh, are kind of uh, holding the ship, sort of thing.
3: Yeah, no, from uh, lots of experience from the top down, uh, Peyton Lang's here in what feels like her 15th year, uh, uh, Madison Fisher also in that same boat, you know, to have those two fifth-year players, uh, their maturity and uh, logging a lot of minutes on the field, uh, that resonates down over the years, down to the rookies. And, uh, you know, what it takes to be a varsity athlete uh, within this team, uh, there's a lot of layers. and. You know, I try to keep field hockey uh, a fun and good experience as opposed to, you know, seven days a week, three, two or three times a day. Um, you know, academics, academics is the biggest piece. So um, when you have that maturity, they understand that aspect of being uh, an, an academic uh, All-Canadian. So that's what we strive for within our program is not just excellence on the field, away from the field. And. That needs to trickle down, and uh, typically does because of the maturity uh, on the top end. Uh, Leadership-wise, uh, we have two strong captains in Katie Joe and uh, Sophie Schmidt. Um, Sophie's a bit more on the younger side. I typically don't have a third-year captain, but it speaks to her ability to lead and motivate. Uh, Katie Joe is just so well-rounded, and you know hasn't left the field pretty much this season. So uh, those four players are leading from the front, and you know there's a lot of layers in through there that. Uh, speak to the maturity and uh, you know the one unit that we are here uh, on our team
0: and people should not mess with Maddie Fisher that's for sure Uh, she gets out there she means business all the time right
3: yeah no we all love her compete level and uh, we're glad that she's on our team and we're not competing against her you know every sport has that one player is like oh only if she was on our team and likely that's fish you know she uh, has been holding down the midfield very well Uh, the games that we've had success in you know we've controlled that midfield and um, quietly, she's been a shining star behind some of the flashier pieces, like goals and things like that. She's creating a lot of opportunity for us.
0: Uh, new additions, obviously. The last couple of years, there's been some people who who'd come and join the program. There was obviously the year that didn't happen, sort of thing. So, it, sometimes the the newer additions, maybe I don't want to say get lost a little bit, but they've been, you know, trying to find their way through to into the to, whether it be in the lineup or just into university life in general, sort of thing. Uh, who have been those those new additions over the last couple of years that you've kind of been really impressed with so far?
3: Yeah, there have definitely been some talent with COVID uh, sort of not giving them the start they want. Some of the third-year players are really starting to get into what a full OUA season looks like as we're fully open now playing both conferences. So a uh, person that comes to mind, Olivia uh, Heldon, she's been very good in creating a lot of opportunity for us, uh, whether it's goals or short corner generation. She's been very good. Uh, a couple of rookie standouts, uh, Megan McCormick, uh, tons of pace, uh, good basics with the game. Um, really looking forward to her future. Uh, Charlotte Craig would be that other uh, rookie coming in this year. That's uh, you know they both started last game, and you know if you come to Western and you're a high performance player and you have the skill set to play, there's a good chance you'll find the field. And those two are perfect examples of that. As is uh, Livy. There
0: uh, feelings early on. I know that's you guys have a kind of a quick season sort of thing. You start, you get going. There's a training camp and you guys are one of the quickest as far as training camp right to games. And then, you know, it's, it's almost a, a sprint versus a marathon. Uh, what's your, you're feeling early on sort of thing.
3: I, you have to keep it simple. You know, if, if you want to throw the whole playbook at them or all the strategy you have, uh, to use those references, um, They have a lot on their plate, you know, Frosh Week and O-Week and all these things there. You know, I just got to keep it simple, keep them engaged. And then as we build through the season, you then keep adding the layers, Um, you know, the video tool that we have now. So they're starting to see more video of what they're up to and how to create opportunity from what they're seeing, how to defend better, how to uh, see the trends that the other team has. So, um, you know, as you unroll more and more and more, they start to gather that as the season goes on, as opposed to just, backing up the Brinks truck in the beginning of September there and just dumping a ball on them. It's just too much. So keep it simple early and then try to rely on athleticism and good basics and build up from there.
0: Uh, coaching for you on this, you know, what initially got you into coaching and then, uh, you know, what what kind of keeps you passionate about it? Cause obviously this has been, this hasn't been a short-term commitment for you. You've been here and doing this for, for a while now.
3: Yeah, it feels, it's almost about 20 years now. Came in as an assistant, um, I love field hockey. I love giving back to see what could be. Uh, I love the compete element that it brings to my aspect of life. Um, I feel like I have a lot to give to this sport and I continue to do so. Um, So, you know, there'd be a big void if I wasn't doing it, you know, as much as uh, you got to look at both sides of the coin, uh, the coin's so full on this side where I'm coaching and giving back to these athletes and, and, and learning from them. You know, I think that's been a large part of my development is, learning from the athletes as they go where i could get better you know some of the regrets i have from the past and not playing a player at a certain time because you know hindsight it really didn't matter we don't know that in those moments but you know uh, for finishing a game and you know that fourth year player wants to be there in the last game with her teammates and celebrate that victory those are special moments that they always carry and i just need to be more aware of those scenarios uh, as they arise
0: uh, obviously you've done pretty well in this coaching thing. OUA Coach of the Year, U Sports Coach of the Year uh, last season. So uh, how, how special was that? And, uh, you know, I know for you, you, you always like to downplay yourself. You know, no, it's all about the team. It's not about me. But that had to be pretty special.
3: It, it was largely because the year before um, we had the COVID break. But the year before that, we, we had a rough go. You know, we, we thought we were doing things right, but we just weren't finding results. And um, that led to some, you know, deeper decision making in terms of, you know, am I the right fit? Am I leaving this program where it needs to go? And uh, to come back out of COVID with, you know, more talent on the field and and more ability to buy into what we're doing, uh, it showed in in, in, in an on-field product and that product led to a good campaign, which led to those accolades for me. So, um, you know, you just got to keep to the grind. And, you know, it's not all about winning and losing. It's about the process and building, you know, Upstanding adults because, you know, the pressure and decision making that happens in sport, it relates to the corporate world pretty quickly. So, um, you know, they're under the litmus test a lot in terms of how they uh, come up to those decisions. And so, you know, I just try to keep giving them the right ability to make those choices. And uh, at the end of the day, it reflected in some pretty nice hardware for myself uh, represented by the team.
0: Uh, and then obviously kind of uh, finishing things out here a little bit, uh, your expectations for the rest of this year and kind of moving forward, because I know the playoffs, uh, that first round game wasn't the way you wanted things to go last year. And I know for a lot of times with teams, you know, if something doesn't go their way, they can use it as a fuel or an opportunity or a learning experience to kind of gain and grow for kind of forward. Is that the situation kind of this year to kind of take what happened in last year and kind of um, not, not remind them every day, but to know, they probably know it's in the back of their mind kind of thing? Absolutely.
3: You know, we, we played Guelph out of the gate and uh, we were strong, you know, resulted in a tie there, uh, went to their barn and uh, we sort of beat ourselves, um, had U of T come to us. Um, and again, we played our game and it resulted in shaving some points from U of T um, and then heading into Waterloo or sorry, Queens. We were confident that we could find some points there. We held on. Queens was uh, doing some great things there, but we got the victory. Uh, and then Wednesday night against Waterloo, Waterloo, uh, you know, came to play. And, and in my opinion, we, we didn't. So uh, it was a bit of a frustrating loss. But, you know, how do we learn from that? And how do we, again, not beat ourselves? Because when we play the way we're capable of having fun, uh, getting things done on the field and having a laugh about it, that's when this team seems to be uh, super successful. When we start to grab the stick a little tight and overpass or too heavy of a pass or... Um, you know, not leading to the right spaces because we're thinking too much. That's not where we uh, have success. It's usually when we're light and having a good time and just rely on why we love the game is when we find success. So I got to try to paint that picture uh, well with all the basics and the back end stuff that we need to do to win games. Uh, We put that together and we're formidable.
0: And I think just throwing in one of those uh, pregame or postgame dances that I've seen a nice circle of the team. Everybody gets in for a celebratory element there. Uh, seems, Seems to work pretty well.
3: Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with a little bit of camaraderie with the group, you know, get the beats going, get a little two-step, get the jig going, whatever you want to call it. Um, haven't really seen Cowboy Hustle yet, but, you know, we music helps, uh, you know, it adds a bit of levity to the group. And, you know, uh, one of our assistant coaches, Sahaj, he, he tries to drum that beat uh, as best as possible to kind of get that going. So uh, they know what's coming when he starts getting on the mic and away we go.
0: Well, Jeff, uh, I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate a bit of time to talk about the team and uh, good luck the rest of the way.
3: Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate all your time and uh, have a good rest of the fall as well. I know your hands are full doing what you do, so uh, I appreciate the time here and uh, we'll catch you soon, bud.